Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The other day, a naval officer told us a new use for wax that I'd like to pass along as a suggestion to other officers in the service. You ladies know what to do with a piece of furniture or woodwork that's apt to get smudged with fingerprints. You wax it with Johnson's Wax, and that makes it easy to keep clean, and it's always polished. Well, you know how the visor of an officer's cap gets fingerprinted and how it's exposed to the weather? Well, what's more natural than to put a little wax occasionally on that visor? You can use either Johnson's paste or liquid or cream wax. It takes just a little, but it makes a big difference in appearance. It'll pay you to buy a small package of Johnson's Wax for your own use. It's also fine for your shoes and other leather articles, billfold, briefcase, luggage. It also protects articles made of metal. Perhaps you've already discovered its use in the past on your fishing rods, golf clubs, and other sporting equipment. Residents of 79 Wistful Vista have just had a closed call. A man called for some clothes, and they weren't ready. But here in the living room, sorting out a big pile of clothing, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. My gosh, Molly, that's an awful big pile of stuff you're giving away there. Well, it's in a good cause, dearie. What is it again? The United what? The United National Clothing Collection for Overseas Relief. Oh. I've told you that a dozen times. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I sort out this last time... Hey, 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 wait a minute. You're not giving my old sweatshirt away. Oh, My good basketball sweatshirt? Why, my oh, gosh. Oh, look, Pat. Hmm? If you mean this 12-pound hunk of gray yarn marked Peoria Umberjack, <laughs> why, you haven't worn that for 15 years. Oh. Incidentally, what is an Umberjack? Well, that was originally Lumberjacks, but the moth chewed the L out of it. <laughs> There's a lot of sentiment attached to that shirt. Yeah? When I think of all the basketball games I've sat on the bench through in that old sweatshirt, <laughs> that I'd have leaped in and saved the day for Peoria if the coach had ever called on me. McGee, how about this pair of corduroy pants? Huh? Aren't they too small for you now? Only around the waist and the seat. <laughs> Legs are still perfect. One of these days I'm going to take off 25 or 30 pounds and I can wear all that stuff. Listen, sweetheart, there are mm-hmm. people in France and Greece and Poland and Holland that have taken off 75 pounds the hard way. Okay, okay, give them the britches. <laughs> Here's something else you can give. What on earth is this? That's the sweater Aunt Sarah knitted for me for my birthday six years ago. Why, this wouldn't fit a child of nine. Well, not if he ate all his Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> Every joke I make tonight, I die a little. <laughs> Oh, 
personally, I got a sneaking suspicion Aunt Sarah knitted that sweater for a fox terrier. <laughs> and took it away from him because he was better dressed than she was. Now, listen, don't talk that way about Aunt Sarah. She's a very nice old... Come in. Hello, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Aerosmith. Have a chair if you can find one that hasn't got clothes piled all over on it. <laughs> We're getting some things together for the United National Clothing Drive. Oh, yes, I know about it. It's a wonderful idea. But what's the pretty little garment you have in your hand, Molly? Don't tell me you still play with dolls. That, my fine feathered friend, is a sweater which was knitted for me by Aunt Sarah in a moment of gay abandon. <laughs> for you. For you. Mm. She evidently didn't know how broad-shouldered you'd gotten in the hips. <laughs> And those colors. <laughs> Looks like a rainbow with sleeves, doesn't it, Doctor? She couldn't have been thinking of a rainbow when she knitted that for McGee. She didn't leave room for a pot at the end of it. <laughs> Look, tissue slicer. Why don't you shuck off that racetrack top coat of yours and throw that on the pile? I could cut that up into blankets and make some family of horses very happy. For your information, hillbilly, this is an imported English topcoat. Genuine Harris tweed. And very handsome, too. Handsome, my clavicle. <laughs> and if that's a Harris tweed, I can see why he came down to leading a band for Jack Benny. <laughs> I could take you more seriously as a style expert, drummer boy, if I didn't suspect you spent your childhood wearing flower sack snuggies. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, bye, George. Let and me... what are you donating to this cause, little nobleman? A few socks you couldn't find mates for and the wraparound leggings you wore in the last war when you stormed the YMCA hut at Fort Dix? <laughs> oh, I found a lot of things, Doctor. Suits, dresses, blankets, socks, shoes, sweaters. I turned the closets inside out, which is quite a trick, holding the ceiling up with one hand. <laughs> Well, you're different, my dear. You have nice instincts. But you're 50% common stock there. Ugh. Well, I'd like to see the junk you turned in, you bedside bandit. I'll bet people in Europe will stand in line to refuse it. Now, now, stop it, you two. <clears throat> to me, it's no joking matter that there are people in the world who are suffering from lack of clothing. Well, you're right, of course, Molly. I'm so tired, I don't know quite what I'm talking about anyway. You do, you do look kind of bush, Doctor. Had a bad day? Mm, yeah, rather. Started with delivering twins at 4 a.m. Hmm. Then at 5 o'clock, setting the arm, the father broke, patting himself on the back. <laughs> and at 5.45, finding out that the nurse told the wrong father. Oh, dear. Well, I better duck along, children. Oh, don't hurry away, Doctor. I'll be glad to brew you a slug of tea. Well, no, thank you, my dear. I, I think if I sneak up back alleys and hide my satchel under my coat... I may be able to get home long enough for a hot shower and a ten-minute nap. Well, you ought to get away with it. You always look like you got a satchel under your coat anyway. <laughs> hey, why don't you take a shower here, Doc? Why, of course, Doctor. Heavenly days, you can hide out in our guest room for as long as you like. That's a great idea. Think of the people that'll get well without you around the doctor. <laughs> this hospitality overwhelms me, but I don't think I'd better. I can oh, just Oh, come on, me. Doctor. Now, we've got plenty of hot water, towels, and soap. McGee, get him your bathrobe and slippers. Sure, you can wear the new patent leather slippers you give me for Christmas, Doc. Sorry, they're too big. How do you know, Doctor? Somebody gave them to me for Christmas. <laughs> Come on, McGee. Show the weary physician where he can revive his failing corpus and rid his epidermis of the bacterial taint of civilization. Okay, Doc, but watch your grammar. Don't say taint. 
Taint taints business. <laughs> this way, bud. Billy Mills in the orchestra, and I'm beginning to see the light. how much spare clothing we really had around this house. Look at that pile of things. Hey, you're not giving that polka dot dress away, are you? Gee, that was always my favorite dress on you. Oh, my goodness. I haven't had that on since 1927 when women were wearing their hips down around their hips. <laughs> how about this old pinchback coat of mine? My gosh, who'd want to wear that thing? Well, look, dear, to the people who need these clothes now, style isn't very important. If it's clean and warm, they want it. Yeah, I guess we're spoiled. We're like the nearsighted sculptor. He chipped away at anything because he thought everything for... He took everything for granted. Yeah. Tossed that around. <laughs> you know, McGee, it's hard to realize that 125 million people are desperate for shoes and clothing while we are... What's that bundle you got there? Is that more your things? <laughs> this is Doc's clothes. What? <laughs> I swiped him while he took his shower. <laughs> I'm going to pretend they got taken away when the guy calls for the stuff, see? <laughs> He'll throw a wing ding that'll rock the neighborhood. Oh, no, McGee, please. Now, take huh? the doctor's clothes right back upstairs. He'll want them any minute now. <laughs> no, no, he won't. He took a shower and went to bed in the guest room. He was asleep before he got his eyes shut. The poor fellow was really worn out. Mm -hmm. What time does he want to be called? About half past... <laughs> About what? That's all he said. He got to sleep right in the middle of telling me. <laughs> he says, please call me at half past... <laughs> Well, now, do put his clothes back here. That's a dirty trick. Well, I'll give him back after he worries a little. <laughs> I might give him, even give him one of my own ties. I like this one he was wearing. It looked better on me because I'm more Hello, the top. Hello, Mrs. McGee, Mr. McGee. Hello, Alice. Thank you very much, Alice, for the things you put in the relief bundle. Oh. You sure you can spare this full dress? Oh, sure. I used to wear it to play golf in, but I don't play golf anymore. Lose your ball, Alice? <laughs> no, I just haven't got time. Oh. Besides, the good-looking pro that was giving me lessons is flying a bomber now. Mm. He just wrote me and said his game was still good. He flew over some Japanese airplane plants and made a hole in one. 
How about this uh, navy blue skirt, Alice? It's still very smart looking. What do you mean, smart looking? It'll take a week to get them wrinkles out of it. Those are not wrinkles, dearie. It's accordion pleated. It is? Well, slip it on and play something, Alice. I don't like that skirt anymore. It has unhappy memories for me. You mean you still see the price tag in your nightmare? <laughs> no, but I was wearing that skirt the night I broke up with Archie. Why'd you break up with him? He didn't like that skirt. <laughs> Archie, it said. I don't think I remember Archie. Well, why should you remember him? Since Alice moved in here, I've seen more strange faces than a referee at a wrestling match. Oh, you remember Archie. He was a nice-looking boy that went into the chemical warfare division. Oh, yes, now I please him. Sure, he always had such a nice smell of mustard about him. <laughs> Every time I shook hands with him, I'd look around to see where the ham was. Oh, don't look at me. I was never here when he called. <laughs> Archie was one of the... Oh, oh, what I came down to tell you was I think you'd better have somebody look at the plumbing. The plumbing, Alice? Why? Well, there's the strangest rumble upstairs near the guest room. <laughs> That's just Doc Gamble, Alice. He's asleep up there. He sleeps like a top. Like the top of a concrete mixer. <laughs> now, don't worry about it, Alice. And thanks again for all the clothing and shoes you donated to the drive. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. McGee. I'm glad if I can help dress some destitute woman in Europe or the Philippines. That's me, cover girl darling. <laughs> yeah. Why, she practically gave you her whole wardrobe, Molly. Well, Alice is a very generous girl. In fact, I think most people are pretty good-hearted. But it's pretty hard to convince people that there are millions and millions that need clothes. They all think, what good will my little donation do among that many? Yeah, but if you got millions of people giving stuff to millions of people, it comes out pretty good. <laughs> hey, when are they picking this stuff up? Well, they ought to be here any minute now, dearie. There are more than uh, 50 relief associations working on this, you know. Oh. I think the women's auxiliary are furnishing station wagons. Well, they ought to be here by this time. Maybe i better call up and check. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Jimmy, what's for this to 1965? Not mistaken that voice, it's Mert. Oh, <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? What say, Mert? Your mother-in-law did what? Went with the paratroopers. Nonsense, McGee. The paratroopers don't take women. They took her. She bumped a cop off his motorcycle and went to the pokey with the paratroopers from the state police. <laughs> what say, Mert? Okay, thanks anyway. They must be on their way, Molly. The line's busy. Well, <laughs> I better tie a cord around these bundles so they'll be... Hello, folks. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. You're just in time. You wear a belt or suspenders? I wear braces. I didn't mean on your teeth. I meant to hold your pants up. He said he wears braces, McGee. That's British for galluses. Sure. Well, then why didn't you say so, Junior? You're about as British as an Iowa picnic. <laughs> I bet you think Sherlock Holmes is a housing project. Well, isn't it? Did you want to know whether he wore a belt or suspenders, McGee? I was going to borrow his belt to tie up these bundles. Save me going out in the kitchen to find some strength. Say, what is all this stuff? United National Clothing Collection? Yes. Did you know about it? Oh, sure. I'm on the local committee. I came over here to tell you about it. Well, you can climb right back on your little tricycle and pedal yourself back home, bud. We're hip. Did you know that Henry J. Kaiser is national chairman of the collection? Yes, we did. Mr. And I'm glad Kaiser is in on this, Junior. You know, there's one pair of pants in there that needs a new hull. 
Anheuser-Bill ships and... Yeah, yeah. Did you know that this is the largest clothing collection drive in history? Yes, we knew that, too. Did you know that in Holland there's only one blanket for every five people? Sure, we know it. That in Norway they even sew Nazi propaganda leaflets together sure, and sure, wear we them? Know. We know that, we know that. Did you realize that in Belgium there's only one usable shirt to a family of seven? Yeah, yeah. You're wasting your time if you're trying to sell us on the idea of donating clothes, Junior. All we got left in our closets is mothballs. <laughs> now, look, this isn't just a drive to keep war victims warm, you know. It's a matter of restoring their self-respect, too. It's pretty tough to keep your chin up when you have to keep looking down to see if your feet are frozen. Well, I just wanted to make sure you knew about it. See you later. Well, I'll be it. Hey, Wilcox! Wilcox! What's the matter? He forgot something. What? Oh, my gosh, he never said a word about the thing. That's yeah. the stuff. Yeah, I know. And I think he has a nice sense of proportion. Yeah, but we gotta eat. <laughs> now, McGee, see if you can find me a piece of strong cord to tie these bundles up with. Oh, well, Beulah can find some. Hey, Beulah! Oh, Beulah! Somebody bowl for Beulah? <laughs> Beulah, will you see if you can find us some strong cord? We want to tie up these bundles of clothing. Yes, ma'am, right away. <laughs> My goodness, this shoe is a barrel of a pearl, ain't it? Is that for the clothing drive, folks? Yes, it is, Beulah. You want to send something? Yes, sir, but my stuff is all packed up at home. Mm. Papa going to take it down to headquarters tomorrow. <laughs> He's a good man, my father. Ah, uh, and you're a good citizen, too, Beulah. You always do your part. Well, ma'am, the way I see it... There's two kind of folks in this world. The gods and the ain't gods. And nobody got more sympathy for the ain't gods than them that ain't got much. You can say that again. Yeah, so the way I figure, there's two kind of folks in this world. The gods no, and No, 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 Beulah. <laughs> Mr. McGee was just agreeing with you. Well, that's mighty kind of him, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Don't oh, forget it. Yes, I'll try to. <laughs> Beulah, you seem sort of worried about something. I am, ma'am. It's Miss L. Her voice changed or something. Why, Beulah? Well, say, I've just been upstairs to welcome the hall carpet. <laughs> and I hear me the deepest snoring I ever listened to. Real baffled for fun. Hmm. I'm afraid Miss L is coming down with a laryngitis or something. <laughs> oh, that's just Dr. Gamble, Beulah. He's asleep in the guest room. Poor lad was exhausted. Not enough doctors in town, Beulah. He has more demands on his time than the Naval Observatory. Yeah, he's a real kind man, Dr. Gamble. He come over when my brother had a real bad indigestion. I say, what's the matter with Henry, doctor? And he say, Henry got a cue to penicillin, Beulah. I say, you're as nice to say so, but what's the matter with him? <laughs> And he say, I got to operate. And I say, how much it costs? And he say, how much you got? And I say, $65. And he say, you pay for the anesthetic and I operate for nothing just to keep my hand in. <laughs> oh, he's a real sweet man. Yes, he is. How much was the anesthetic, Bula? $20, ma'am. But that Anna, she give Henry a real fine aesthetic. <laughs> well, that's pretty cheap at that, Bula. I know some radio sponsors that pay thousands of bucks for a half an hour of ether. You know some radio sponsors. <laughs> I love that. Love everybody. The King's Man singing, You Belong to My Heart. You belong to my heart, now and forever, and the love.
gathering stars But a million guitars played our love song When I said I loved you Every beat of my heart said it too Cause a moment like this Oh, do you remember And your eyes through a kiss When they met mine Now we all know the stars And a million guitars are still playing Darling, you are the song And you'll always belong to my heart It's cruel to play jokes like that on people, and he's our guest. Oh, let me have just a minute's fun with him. <laughs> He'll think he's macarooned here in a bathrobe and slippers. You don't mean macarooned, dear. You mean marooned. I thought maroon was a girl's name. Like Maroon O'Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's Marine O'Sullivan. Marine? Did she join the Marine? <laughs> well, good for Maroon. Oh, <laughs> I guess that's the people to pick up the clothing. Come in. Hi, sis. What can we do for you? Is this the McGee residence? Uh, yes, it is. I am Mrs. McGee, by marriage. <laughs> How do you do? I'm Mrs. Carstairs, Mrs. Franklin P. Carstairs. How do you do, I'm sure? This is my husband, Mrs. Carstairs. How do you do? I'm glad to know you, sis. Your husband, the big utilities maggot? Magnet is the word. <laughs> well, maggot is my word for him. Shut off our electric light last summer just because I forgot to pay the bill for a few months. And you can tell him from me, I'm sis. afraid my husband's business affairs are no concern of mine, Mr. McGee. Oh. And I doubt very much if he was concerned personally with your trouble. He's merely chairman of the board of directors. Why, of course. How <laughs> should a mere... How <laughs> should a mere chairman of the board know what's going on? Don't be silly, McGee. Hmm? I'd ask you to sit down, Mrs. Carstairs, but all these bundles of clothes are... Well, uh, we're waiting for someone to pick them up. That is why I came, Mrs. McGee. I have a station wagon outside to take them for you. Uh, uh, tell me, Mrs. McGee, haven't we met somewhere? Oh, you girls have probably bumped into each other at a rummage sale or something, sis. <laughs> Ever go to the boxing matches at Legion Hall? <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Uh, are you a member of the Granddaughters of the Puritans, Mrs. McGee? No, I'm not, Mrs. Carstairs. I'm afraid I'm not much for clubs. Yeah, she can laugh at other women's hats just sitting here in the front window. <laughs> With a sewing basket full of socks, sis. No uh, doubt. Uh, I should be glad to put your name up for membership, Mrs. McGee. Uh, your family is, um, I mean, I presume you are of pioneer stock. I am that. Oh, I'll say she is, kiddo. Her family sold the shoestring, they strung the beads on, they gave the Indians for Manhattan Island. Really? Interesting. 
Well, I'd better get these clothes out to the car. And thank you so much for your helpfulness in the clothing drive. Oh, not at all. And McGee, help the lady with the clothes. Oh, she's a big husky hunk of pioneer stock. <laughs> uh, here, I'll open the door for you, Carsty. Oh, don't bother. I'll open it with my teeth. Good day. <laughs> Heavenly days, McGee. That was the Mrs. Carstairs. Imagine her calling on the likes of us. Why shouldn't she call on us? What are we, a leper colony? No. <laughs> My goodness. She's very social. Well, so am I. I'll talk to anybody. Oh, McGee! McGee, where are McGee, you? McGee, it's Dr. Gamble. Take the poor man his clothes. <laughs> Not till I have my fun. <laughs> I want to see him blow up. <laughs> What's the matter, Doc? Anything wrong? Where are my clothes, you little burglar? I want my clothes. Give them to him, McGee. Come on down, Doc, and tell me all about it. I'll come down all right. <laughs> and if you're playing any of your shenanigans on me, so help me, I'll kick you by Christmas down your epiglottis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be rich, Molly. Well, it'll have to work fast, and it's starting very poorly. Hi, Doc. How'd you sleep? Never mind how I slept. I slept wonderfully. Now, where are my clothes? Look, Doctor, I... Funny thing about that, Doc, I'm kind of embarrassed. You're kind of embarrassed. How do you think I feel, slopping around in strange houses in a skimpy little bathrobe that barely covers my confusion? (laughs) Look, Doc, I I took your clothes to have Beulah press them while you were sleeping. You... Oh. Oh, I... Gee, I'm sorry. Yeah. Very decent of you, McGee. Tell you, I'm sorry I jumped to conclusions. <laughs> but I got to get back on the job, boy. Is Beulah through with my clothes? Well, uh, to tell the Look, truth, Doc, Doc. Uh, what I'm embarrassed about was that your clothes were laying here on a chair when the people picked up the bundles for the clothing drive, and I'm afraid they... You, <laughs> you, you mean they... Oh, no. They couldn't have. McGee, you foul little fiend. I'm going to knock the very... <laughs> no, 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 no. Take it easy, Doc. Take it easy. I was just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to see what you'd say. Yeah, I told him it was a silly joke, Doctor. Give him his clothes, McGee. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't resist the temptation, Doc. Hey. What's the matter? Doc's clothes. I put them right on that chair over there. Where are they? They're gone. Oh, McGee, you don't think Mrs. Carstairs actually... Oh, my gosh, this is awful. I didn't mean to... I mean, I didn't... Is the joke over? May I laugh now? Well, I'm afraid it's no joke, Doctor. Your clothes are really gone. I'll call up Mrs. Carstairs right away and get them back. Oh, gee, Doc, I'm sorry. I had no idea. (laughs) No, Doc, don't... cut it out now. Gee whiz, I was going to... Get away from me now. Calm yourself, my boy. Calm yourself. I merely wanted to shake your hand. What's this? What are you going to do, Doctor? I'm going back to bed. That's what I'm going to do. And don't call me till Friday. Bless you, McGee, you dirty little good Samaritan. This is ridiculous. You know, when you've gone to all the trouble and expense of putting down nice linoleum floors on your kitchen and bathroom, isn't it just common sense to take good care of them? For one thing, you can make them last practically forever if you protect them regularly with Johnson's Glow Coat. And for another, you'll keep them looking like new. Their colors as fresh as the day you bought them. You'll have shining floors you're always proud of. Glad to have your friends see at any time. And the beauty of it is you can have all these advantages and still save yourself hours and hours of work because when you apply Johnson's Glow Coat, there's no rubbing or buffing. Glow Coat is self-polishing. It shines as it dries. And what's more, it's easy to keep such a floor clean and beautiful. Because with glow coat protection, spilled things wipe up in a jiffy. That's a great help in these coming days of early spring rains. Why not protect your linoleum floors with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the United National Clothing Collection starts April 1st. Use the time until then to go through your closets and attics and trunks and storerooms to see what you can spare for the millions of suffering people in war areas. The goal is 150 million pounds of clothing. This is not a charity drive. It's an appeal to you to give what spare clothing you can to restore the health and self-respect of war-ruined families. Greatly needed are infants' garments, particularly knitted goods, and all kinds of warm, sensible clothing, shoes and bedding for boys and men and women and girls. There will be receiving stations set up everywhere, in churches, schools, factories and clubs. So get ready, won't you? You wouldn't like to be in their shoes, but they'd like to be in yours, if you'll send them. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for the home and industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is National Broadcasting Company. for home and industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.